I had never considered myself a leader, but you showed us that it's not just a role. It's not just a title. It's, it's who you are. Welcome to Ambition Theory, Women in Construction. This show asks questions that everybody is thinking about, but doesn't want to say out loud. It's about tackling complex topics like why are there so few women in senior leadership positions? What is it going to take to change this? Each episode is a combination of motivation and tactical strategies to get ahead. We get out of our comfort zones and we take action. We learn, grow, and create opportunities. I am your host, Andrea Jansen, a certified executive coach with an MBA, and since 2018, I've coached over a thousand construction professionals to level up their leadership. Let's get started. Catherine Coulter works as a control specialist on new installations and upgrades of automation equipment. In this conversation, we talked about the challenges Catherine faced when pursuing an apprenticeship straight out of high school, how persevering and not giving up on her dream led to her eventually becoming an electrician and even better opportunities for career advancement, why relationships matter, what it really means to be a leader, and what it was like for her to have a woman manager after 15 years of being the only woman on the team. I hope you find Catherine's story just as inspiring as I did. Every time we ask our clients, what else is needed to help make the construction industry more inclusive? We always hear the same thing. We need men to get involved. They need to understand what it's really like for women in the industry. But whenever we speak to men who want to be better allies in the workplace, they're often not exactly sure what they can do to help. And that is why we came up with our latest free training, How Men and Women Can Create Opportunities Together. In this three-part series, we dig into the differences between transactional and transformational leadership. We look at why we need sponsorship versus mentorship, and we discuss how to build more inclusive cultures. Most importantly, we share practical ways both men and women can start making change within their companies right away. To access the replay, go to ambitiontheory.com forward slash together And please share it with the women and especially the men that you work with. Hello, Catherine. Welcome to Ambition Theory Women in Construction. I am so excited that you are here today. Can you introduce yourself and share what you do? Thanks, Andrea. I'm really excited to be on here too. Just a bit of background, I'm a control specialist, so I often get to go into various industries and work on their automation equipment, whether that's new installations or upgrades that they require or even troubleshooting when their production is down. So I work a lot with the trades and automation is the key focus for me. Okay, so what do you love about this industry? I think two things that I really love are the variety of industries that I get to go into and see how the magic works. And then working with the different trades, getting to see a little bit more of the mechanical side when you're helping to do installation and seeing 
what things they encounter as they're doing their part. Can you talk about what industries you get to work in? Sure. I started my career in food and bev, so food and beverage. So that was my main focus. And then since then, I've worked in wastewater and automotive and more recently steel industry. So pretty much the whole the whole spectrum. And so your focus is on retrofitting the manufacturing facilities, right? Not necessarily just retrofitting. Sometimes it's a new installation. We had, I worked on a project for an automotive factory where they were putting in a brand new line. So it was all new equipment going in and they needed the automation integrated with the new equipment. So sometimes it's new, sometimes it's retrofit. Okay, so I know I want to go way back. So I know that in high school, you decided that you wanted to become an electrician. Can you take me back and describe how that idea came up and what you did about it? Yeah, in high school, I had a friend who had taken the electricity class and she said, hey, why don't you try it? I, I had a slot that was missing in my in my schedule. So I gave it a shot without any idea of what I was getting into. And even from that first step, I was the only female in the class, which I think I think I was pretty proud of. And I definitely enjoyed the math aspect of it and doing the the practice projects, the physical installations in the practice lab. I enjoyed that as well. And yeah, I had the the teacher. One day he just said to me, oh, have you ever thought of becoming an electrician? And it hadn't occurred to me. And I just, something hit me. And maybe it was just the fact that that was the first time a teacher had said, oh, why don't you, why don't you try pursuing this? And I didn't have anything in mind. So what did I have to lose? Okay. So what happened next? My recollection is that he gave me a contact of somebody to go to for a potential apprenticeship. So I had my resume in hand. I went to the the address. And yeah, as I walked away from dropping off my resume, I recall hearing people laughing and it just sunk me. I, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was it was a oh. I guess not. I guess maybe this isn't for me. I wish I remembered whether I had gone back to the teacher or not. I don't recall. But yeah, so that that kind of stuck with me. And I thought, OK, forget it. I'm not doing an apprenticeship. That's not for me. But the idea was still there. And so I kept looking and Sheridan College had an electromechanical technology program. So I thought school would be the safe place for me. School is safer than the workplace. And I'm going to figure out that route to go for my career. Okay. So you went to school, you got a college diploma, right? And then what happened next? It was a co-op program, which was fantastic. So my third and last co-op placement was with a food and beverage company, a fairly large one. And it worked out perfectly. So I, I did my co-op term and then I was finished all of my schooling. So they, they were able to hire me full time. I kept that position and yeah, that, that was a great start. I started just doing updating electrical drawings. And at some point I got a little bit bored and I approached my manager and I said, I want something more. I, I, you know, 
yes, this is good and I know it's important and I need it needs to be done, but I'm looking for a little bit more. And so he he actually paired me up with an engineer working on a project and I got to pursue a little bit more in that area. And so my career kind of developed there. I I got to do a variety of roles and have different responsibilities. And then I think I was three years there and they every once in a while they would offer the opportunity to do an apprenticeship to to current workers. And so I was approached to say, hey, do you want to do an electrical apprenticeship? And I was thrilled. It was something that I had wanted to do, but didn't think that I was going to be ever going that route. It kind of came full circle and came back. And yeah, they sponsored me to go back to school and do my electrical apprenticeship. Okay, I love this story because at first there's like this desire in you to explore this career path. And the first time you did it, it's like, okay, the door was slammed, the door and and you went away. And but that it's it's like I love that the desire was there. And it probably like when you showed up in that first job, your desire for learning, growth, opportunity, it was probably apparent to all the people. And it's just so interesting that the exact same thing that you thought was not a fit, actually someone was coming to you and and it wasn't you banging on the door saying, please pick me. It was like tables were turned. They're like, we see this potential in you. What do you think? I I just love that part of your story. So how did the apprenticeship go? It went well. It's uh, so I I did that while I was working. So it was quite at times cumbersome. It was hard to stay on top of everything, but it it went well. Again, the environment is you're the only female. And I'd kind of gotten used to that. Just, okay, this is the environment that I work in. And I've, I've always got to try to prove myself. I always have to watch how I respond to things and people are watching. And it puts a fair amount of pressure on you when you feel like you're the example of what a female is in this industry. And actually, yeah, that's reminds me of there was another female that had worked with me for a little while and it didn't pan out. And I remember actually somebody saying, we'll never hire a female co-op student again because of the example that this female had given. So there, there's always that pressure that you're setting an example for the next female that's going to come around for good or for bad. Wow, that is a really powerful insight. But you stuck it out. Yep. You build relationships. So what do you think it was that kind of made you be successful, made you be the only? That's a really good question. I think I uh, I definitely had different social skills, and I think I used that to my benefit. I wanted to get to know people. I wanted to have that personal connection. And so... I did develop good relationships and the, and there was females in kind of supporting roles. So in, in other departments where I made an intentional connection with them so that I didn't always feel like I was the only female, but I, I it was just my socialness and my, my general attitude, even with working with the operators, you know, not everybody treats all levels the same. And I think I tried to keep that in check, that my role is no better than anybody else's role and other people's role is no better than my role. And so when you have that idea of an even playing field, you try to treat people the same no matter what. 
love it that you're just integrating transformational leadership into <laughs> kind of your backstory. Really like treat people really well, treat them with respect, treat them like they know what they're doing, right? Ask them questions about their knowledge, recognize that everybody's important. And then also I want to point out the relationships that you built. Like you had them in your department, like with the people that you worked with, but also recognizing you're part of this big organization. And I don't know if you realized this at the time, it might've just been your natural ability to connect with people that was coming through, but connecting with people in those support roles, because when stuff happens in the company, they need to know who you are. And maybe that's why you got that apprenticeship, right? Because you had those relationships. People knew what you were capable of. Maybe someone you shared something you were interested in with them at some point at lunch or for coffee or whatever. And they remembered you when they were trying to find those apprentices. So the fact that you're being strategic and relationship building really at the start of your career, it makes me really happy because I don't know if you realize that you were strategically building relationships at the time. Oh, I, and when you when you say strategic, yeah, I don't think I was strategic. I think it just was my natural inclination, but but it definitely played a part because yeah, not I recognize not everybody is like that. And so that is different. So was there any challenges as being the only woman in your entire department? Oh, being told not to act like a princess being told, having a coworker tell your mutual boss that they don't want to work with you because you're not strong enough. Yeah, those are two big, big ones that I would say affected me. And I, I remember the the one particularly about not being strong enough. I think that that mindset really, I, I think the person didn't realize what they were saying and didn't realize that there's other value. So for instance, I'm a fairly small person. I'm fairly short. And a lot of these guys are fairly big, burly guys. And I thought, I remember thinking afterwards, yeah, but you know what? You can't get under the kettle and in between the pipes like I can. And so I think people miss that. Yes, there's strengths and weaknesses that that we have. And instead of focusing on, well, she's not strong enough, okay, A, there's ways of getting around that. There's tools to help you. You shouldn't have to make life difficult unnecessarily in lifting things. So there's tools to help, but also, okay, let's utilize her smallness to get, get into those places that I don't want to get into and I can't get into because I'm too big. I love it. It's like that you're approaching it from that place of scarcity and like weakness instead of strength and abundance. I love that yeah. you have that perspective. And so as you're kind of going through this, what do you think it was that kept you going? Because I think a lot of people in your position would have quit. Like what like what what did you what tools did you use to keep going? Wow. That's a good question. There definitely were times that I thought about quitting and I thought, oh maybe this isn't for me and and it's too hard, you know, every day thinking about how you're going to respond to situations and not seeming to overreact when, yeah, just overthinking every, everything. I think, well, there were, there were definitely good people that I worked with, you know, yes, there, there were those occasions that I shared, but there's also great people that I worked with. 
And one one individual I I remember, and it's interesting now that I have the language for it to say that he was more of a sponsor, I guess, to me. But I was he he took me under his wing basically, and we did the work together, and he taught me together up and so that might have been in in my sixth year on the job, and up until that point, nobody had done that. Nobody had walked with me on a daily basis and and we're doing the job together. So I think I think that gave me encouragement. So even though that didn't wasn't for my whole career and and that might have only applied for maybe a year, I think that really stuck with me that that person treated me with value and wanted to teach me what he knew. Do you know what the number one question we get when speaking to companies about our Leadership Accelerator program for women in construction? We already have an internal leadership program or a mentorship program available, which is great. But the thing is, these programs don't work the same way for women as they do for men. There are many reasons why, but the most striking one, one that if you're a woman listening right now, you'll probably recognize right away. It's the double bind. We did some research last year and found that 78% of women were told that if they wanted to accelerate their path to leadership, they needed to be more confident. But 70% of those same women were also told that they were being too bossy. Basically, as soon as a woman embodies the traits most typically associated with leadership in the construction industry, they're faced with negative feedback. This is the double bind. And this is why specialized training for women is needed. If you want to learn more about how our Leadership Accelerator program can help you address the double bind and many other obstacles women face on the path to leadership, please visit ambitiontheory.com forward slash LAP. I love that. So was there a moment that you realized, I know you talked about like, when they, when they were telling you that comment about not being strong enough and you thinking, wow, I'm going to counter that with like, I'm actually small, so I can do things that you can't do. Was there another moment when you realized that you had other skill sets that typical person in your role did not have? I think I have the ability to bring people together. I want to encourage camaraderie. I appreciate camaraderie. And so... I know in my more recent jobs, my more recent positions, I really tried to pull people into the lunchroom. Um, I think the lunchroom can set a tone amongst a team. And to be able to enjoy eating together and joke around sets, sets the tension low, right? It helps ease tension if there is, if there is any there. And I didn't realize that that was a benefit to people. I, it was just something that I did for myself and people seemed to enjoy it, but I thought I did it for myself. And it was interesting because I recently started at a new company and got in touch with one of my old coworkers. And he remembered that he said, yeah, you really drew us out and you brought us together in the lunchroom. And it's interesting because there's a repeat. I'm, I'm doing that again in, in the new company that I'm at. I'm trying to get people 
to socialize. And how's that going since, since you, it's I know you're in a relatively new job <laughs> and kind of like the beginning can either be like smooth integration or it could be not a smooth integration. So how is this approach relationship as a priority helped you with this transition? I think it, it's it's definitely a different environment. So we we work a variety. Everybody's got different hours. And so we're not always in the office at the same time. So it's a little bit different. But just the, the few times that I have been intentional of eating in the lunchroom, making myself available, not being on my phone, there have been some some conversations that have come up and nothing, you know, super mind blowing or anything, but just that again, you're getting to know people and you're getting to know what makes them tick, what makes them excited about their job. And so knowing that then helps you to relate with them when you are on a project together. I love that. You're actually answering the question, what drives (laughs) your ambition for all of those coworkers? And that's the thing. Like once you know what drives them, what excites them, you can use it to motivate them when the going gets tough, right? Like, Yeah, I love that you're doing that in this way. And how's the response been for the people? I don't think they recognize that I'm doing it yet. Well, some some people are joking with me and, and know that I'm being intentional. Yeah, I think I think the response has been good. I'm it's still a work in progress and I I'm am continuing to draw those who haven't been out there to join me. I love it. Okay, so you recently started a new job and can you talk about this job search and what you were specifically looking for in this move? So, about a year ago, I I started feeling itchy. I I didn't know what it was. I was feeling itchy for something different, something more, and I wasn't sure what it was. And lo and behold, Ambition Theory had a a free webinar and I joined it thinking, what have I got to lose? And it was really great. It just, it sparked something in me. And then there was a course that you had, a leadership course. And I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to take a step. I wasn't sure that my boss would agree to it, but he did, which was pretty exciting. And I took it. And one of the questions you ask is, yeah, what what drives your ambition? What gets you excited? And I started thinking about that and the people aspect. And you also showed us the ways that we are already leaders. And I had never considered myself a leader, but you showed us that it's not just a role. It's not just a title. It's it's who you are. And I think I've been told that, oh, you you influence people, Catherine. And I don't know what it is, but something does influence people. So I thought, hmm, I do enjoy this. And I had a chance to practice that a little bit in a role that I had. And I thought, oh, I, I really enjoy this. I, I want more of this. So I started looking a little bit and I was, again, I was pretty specific about what I was looking for because I knew what I needed. And I, and I loved my job at the time. It wasn't that I hated it. I just wanted something a little bit more. And so an opportunity came along and the part that thrilled me the most is for the first time I was interviewed by a female. She was the branch manager and, and she looked like me. And I thought, wow, okay, so she she got to that position. And whether I want to be a manager or not, it's besides the point. But I saw in her, oh, that could be me. 
and she was engaging and friendly and smart. And I just thought, yeah, this is, this is my kind of place to be. So I took the opportunity to, to switch and it's been pretty cool. And I think one, one aspect that really hit me and kind of sealed the deal is I, I had a difficult conversation with somebody and she was witness to it. And it was something that, that hurt a little bit. And in the past, I would have swallowed it. I would have said, oh, Catherine, you're just getting emotional about something. And it's because you're female and you're taking it too personally and, and all this stuff. But she came to me and she acknowledged my feelings and she said, no, you know what? That wasn't right. What that person said, the tone they used. And, and she just made me feel like I was supported. The cool thing about that was it just fell off me. The, the whole conversation was like it didn't happen just because I felt supported by one individual and my feelings were acknowledged and I could just let it go. So that's been amazing. I love it. So this is the first time you've been in a role with women in leadership within your department. Is there anything else that's different? Because it's been so many years of you being the only and, and now you're not. So mm -hmm. what else is happening? Well, I guess, yeah, watching her, how she conducts herself has been huge for me and seeing how others interact with her and myself. Amazing. I love it. And it's also like the role models, right? So we know our, we did a survey last year and 44% of women in construction said they'd never had a woman role model or manager. And it's like, now you, you could see it. And I remember someone in a presentation, I presented that stat and they said, if you can see it, you can be it. And I think that's the simplicity yes. of it, right? It's just, they're just, they're there. And like, that is there's so much value in them just being there because you, if you could see it, you can be it. There's so much going on behind the scenes that like we don't, maybe you're not even consciously aware of, but the fact that you're in that environment, it just creates more opportunities. Yep. Okay. Definitely. So you definitely, a year ago when you had that itch, you're like, I'm going to choose growth. So you took a step and another step and you keep taking these steps, but growth is not always comfortable. Can you talk about an uncomfortable situation that you've been in because you chose growth? Yeah, actually, yes. Um, I, it was shortly after starting your course and you talk about, yeah, getting out of your comfort zone and that's where the magic happened. And so that was ruminating in my head and I was, I happened to be on LinkedIn and somebody reached out to me saying, hey, you know, we have this role that we're looking to fill. It was very much the same role that I was already working. So I was kind of thinking, well, you know what? I, it doesn't have anything new to offer me. So I said, I spoke what you, you had asked us to put a goal in mind. And my goal had been to be in a position of leadership. And so I put it out there to this HR person. And I said, well, actually, I'm trying to pursue a position of leadership. So thank you, but no thank you. And to my complete surprise, she said, oh, well, actually, we're also looking for a supervisor. Would you be consider, would you consider meeting with us to discuss a supervisor role? I, and I was stunned. It was the first time I had put it out there to anybody. And to get that response was, it was a bit of a, uh-oh, uh what, 
what, what have I done? Um, and I remember talking to you and you're like, go for it. Just, just go for the interview. What have you got to lose? And, you know, I'm thinking, but, but you, you think of all these buts. And in the end, I just thought, I'm just going to go. But yeah, I have nothing to lose. So I went for this interview and I, I had very little experience in leadership to share, but I did share what I had. And the interview went really well. They, they appreciated my responses. And in the end, I didn't get it. But just for me, just to go to that interview, I think was a huge step. And just even a confidence builder that they would ask me to come in for that, for that position was huge. So yeah. That. I love it. So you just <laughs> had to put it happened right away. Yeah. <laughs> it was scary. It was definitely scary. Yeah, but it always leads you to something else. Like when you put it out there into the world, when you start taking those actions, when you start taking those steps, they always, oh, maybe that was not the right, that maybe that place wasn't the right fit for you. But I bet that your interview gave you the confidence to do really well so that you could get the job that you have today. I think so. So can you talk about what your approach to leadership is now that you've kind of had this realization that you are a leader, you are an influencer, you've been doing it for probably your whole career without realizing it. Can you describe your leadership style? So it's it's not perfect, still a work in progress, but I definitely see the value in listening to others understanding where they're coming from when they have an idea to not dis discount it to hear them out i also think back to that that person that i shared with you who walked with me through things and and i when i think that i wish that i had more of that then i think okay that's that's what i should offer as well is don't don't say here's a task go do it okay, that we're going to walk through this task together the first time. And then, then you're going to try and do it on your own. And it has a, a different, a different impact on people when you're willing to take the time and being conscious of being available, I think is another big thing that you don't look too busy to be able to have either a personal conversation or to be asked a question that they may have asked you already but they need to ask it again. So being, being available is huge. And so not try to not be too stressed and to, to show that you have time to support them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So we always get people to take action 24 hours after learning something new. So if somebody wants to kind of get connected with their natural leadership abilities, what do you think a good first step would be for them? To get connected with their natural leadership abilities, I would say sit down and think about what makes you tick and what do you wish you had more of? When you think about people that were leaders in your life, whether it's in your personal life or professional life, what is it about those people that you really appreciated and how can you exemplify that for somebody else? I love it. I love it. So Catherine, thank you so much for sharing your leadership journey with me today. How can people connect with you? Does LinkedIn work for you? Yes, you can reach me at LinkedIn. I'm there a fair amount. So 
I will pass on my link to you. Awesome. I'll put it in the show notes and it's Catherine Coulter, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-C-O-U-L-T-E-R. Thank you so much, Catherine. This has been a blast. Thanks, Andrea. Appreciate your time. Hey, before you go, I wanted to take a minute to read a review of our podcast. This review comes from Charmaine on LinkedIn. I discovered this jam a few days ago and I have been listening ever since. It's gotten to the point where I'll take notes when I hear something that I really like because I did not realize how hard I resonated with so many of the things that were said through the speakers and the hosts. Ambition Theory is a really well thought out series discussing the things we've traditionally shied away from, don't discuss enough of, or maybe even never considered, all in the construction industry. The narrative about us not speaking up enough or not having enough opportunities is slowly working towards solutions-based models. However, there are still fundamental issues that drive us from reaching our full potential beyond these items. And I love the framework that is presented through these episodes that bring not just solutions for people in power, but bite-sized approaches for the listener who is aiming at continuous self-improvement. Even though the podcast puts an emphasis on women in construction, I think it's an amazing listen for any individual wanting to grow. We could do so much more if we worked with each other instead of against each other. Thank you so much for that generous review. We really love hearing from our listeners. And I'm wondering if I can ask you a favor. Can you take a minute and leave us a five-star review and a comment on Apple Podcasts? That really helps us to get the word out so that we can keep making episodes for you for free. Thank you for listening.